so real quick, how do you how do you uh, know Noah aside from meeting at HQ? Yeah, so long story short, Noah here went to uh, Highland, Illinois, Highland Elementary, actually, yeah. from like what second, third, fourth grade? Uh, third and fourth. Third yeah. and fourth. Excuse me. So we played uh, like pee wee football together and just became good buddies through elementary school, honestly. And um, after that, long story short, again, he went to he moved away to Westland high school well, Westland school district and then like sophomore year of college I went to Illinois State he went to U of I uh, I started my own chapter of Kappa Sigma at Illinois State with a couple of guys there and then come sophomore year I know we were long-term buddies and found out that he was either their rush chair GMC something like that over to their chapter and kind of reconnected and kind of turned kind of a how do you want to say it reflourished that friendship in a way yep yeah. So from there, I mean, we just stayed in contact. I mean, our the year there was a few different chapters that came to install them whenever they be went from the chapter or from a colony to a chapter. So um, I actually like personally initiated Braden um, yeah. into the fraternity as like a member, which I'm sure you're familiar with that process being from a colony that became a chapter. So um, yeah, something cool that I was able to be a part of uh, for their chapter. And uh, yeah, we stayed. In touch after that, we were both looking for roommates in the St. Louis area, so we ended up getting an apartment together. Uh, we live in Soulard's uh, neighborhood in St. Louis now together. Split up a two-bedroom. Oh, nice. So you're both, like, living in the same area? Essentially. Same, same apartment. Yeah. Same apartment. Oh, same apartment. Gotcha. Oh, that's pretty cool. Wow, that world is just such a small place, isn't it? Oh, yeah. absolutely, bro. Yeah. yeah um so are you are you still in school Braden, or did you like you left or did you graduate yeah so we graduated the same year i graduated from illinois state with an integrative marketing communications and a professional sales degree and then uh went, actually went on the road for a year and worked for headquarters as a area recruit manager or arm um then more or less had a nephew back home so decided to kind of give up on that pathway of a career in a sense, and then move back home and work for a company. Then long story short, left them in January. And I now work for a company called eyesight media group in St. Louis. And so we're the number one provider of in sport venue advertising in restrooms. Interesting. Yeah, anyway, Majority of the sport venues in the United States, it's a tough niche to explain, but uh, majority of these sports venues in America, we are in their restrooms and uh, we're an advertising platform for a lot of local and national brands. Oh, nice. So could uh, could you like give an example, like exactly like in terms of like advertising, you said in the restroom? Yeah, I'm saying okay. so like we're above, so male restrooms were above urinals and wet, women's restrooms were above like the sinks in like the waiting area in a sense for women's restrooms for a simple example. And so, like, in St. Louis, we have brands such as, like, Enterprise, um, Two Men in a Truck, anybody local. There's a whole list of them I can give you, to be totally honest. But we're in cities like St. Louis, Columbus, Louisville, uh, Miami, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, actually. But for the Florida Panthers, who are uh, – good luck to them in the second round of the playoffs right now. I mean, you guys do business with MLS. Yep, hockey. MLS, MLS, NHL, MLB, uh, NH, uh, NBA, excuse me. And the whole nine yards. Anyone that's got a stadium, we're there. Wow. We want to be there. So you're basically like um like an advertising like aggregate in a sense, like in this type of niche, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. 
Wow, that's pretty yeah, cool. I, we've, they've, they've been a business for a good amount of years. I actually, like I said, I just joined them in January. So I joined them as a um, more or less a client representative, but my entire title is I'm in charge of communication and relationships between all of our venues across all of our platforms in any league, any state, anywhere that it is in the United States. And so my job is to maintain relationships and make sure all communication is very straightforward between our company, our network, and their team and their venue. Wow, that's awesome. Do you often like maybe find it hard at times to, you know, like, try to figure out like how am I going to keep this relationship, um, you know, like up to par? How am I gonna, how am I trying to keep it like where we have a strong rapport, you know, with um between clients? Or do you just because you seem like a very like um like a very personable person? I feel like you're someone who people could get along with easily. Yeah. So yeah, to your, to your question, my biggest my biggest thing in my business right now is honestly keeping a, keeping everything totally 100. And so um, whether that's calling a person that I'm in contact with in the middle of their day, if they're busy, I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll hang up and I'll call them back in an hour or two. But at the same time, like if there's something on our network that needs to be addressed on their end or our end, like call me, I mean, no one knows as well. I've gotten called we're at a Cardinal game on a Saturday afternoon and I'm handling it right away. Like, uh, the biggest thing to me is making sure all at if they're having a event or game or like that at their venue at that time, I'm on it no matter what. But at the same time, if it's during the week and we got to prep like a day, two, three, four days in advance, like the biggest thing to me is like, okay, hey, call me. Let's hop on a Zoom. Let's do something to where we can be all straightforward. Don't get me wrong. I'm a professional person in that atmosphere and in that presence. But at the same time, the biggest thing to me is being who I am and the person I'm talking to, I want them to be the person they're at, they are as well so that the information's getting carried away, getting carried to the person I'm talking to and not, it's not getting lost in translation in too much of a professional sense. That's, that's really good. That sounds like a really good thing that you're keeping a hundred percent. Cause uh, I know a lot of people, especially like, um, like I work in the freight industry and you could tell like a lot of times, like when you try to sell to people, you kind of have to like, maybe gaslight them or you like make them believe that like they're getting like a good deal or whatnot. But I usually try to keep it as real as possible. You know, like if I can't sell something to like, let's just say a truck driver or carrier who owns these fleet of trucks, you know, just I'll, I'll just throw out like some, uh, some humor, like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I prefer not to work in the dark and the rate that you're giving us, like, it's hard to keep the lights on, you know, and they laughed They're like, Hey, that's pretty funny. You know, like, it's true. It's like, all right, we'll work with you on this. But um, seems like, you know, in your sense, you know, being like very personable, but just calling it straight like it is. A lot of people like will really come to respect that being like, this guy is like calling you shots, but he's not talking from like, you know, you know, like a different face in a sense, as we call it. You're just calling it like, hey, just speaking truthfully from the heart. This is just what it is. I percent I'm, I'm confident in what our company does. I'm confident in the way I handle my business. And so as long as we can, we can handle things in confidence. Everything's gonna be all right. And I come from a kind of a car sales background in a way. And so um, my family owns car dealerships over the Illinois side of things. And so being able to come from that background to your point in a sales sense to a background that has a, you know, stigma of gaslighting or, you know, selling a false product in a sense. No, no one that I've ever grown up with believes in that. And that's the way I grew up on it. Being, being a straightforward guy and, you know, being who you are and holding to that in the same sense of, you know, 
you, you can't you can't sell something to someone that doesn't believe in you so you got to sell yourself first that, that's a really good point i feel a lot of people miss on that part if they get into sales is that they're trying to sell the product or service and like basically you know like the company they represent but it's almost like sometimes from what i've seen a lot of people almost talking like third person like they're not talking about themselves and the way that you build relationships nowadays, like if you want to hold accounts, for example, or do, you know, sales induced, um, what's it called? Like, you know, sales. Um, a lot of these people aren't going to just believe in you if you're not obviously telling them or showing them at least a part of like who you are. Like, oh, Braden, like that guy is, he's, he's always positive. He's very personable. Like, you know, like if you talk to this guy, like he's going to call it like it is, but when you talk to Brandon, you don't get the sense of like, oh yeah, he just wants to sell you this product so he can make profit, blah, blah. Like the money obviously comes later, but you know, obviously it sounds like you're selling yourself, which is great. And I, I had a feeling right away that you probably came into this with like prior sales experience. Cause I could just oh. tell like right off the bat, like in a good way, like you have sales experience. I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, what's it called? What would you say is like the hardest thing that you've learned about sales maybe like i don't know if it's like maybe a stigma or like a negative connotation or whatnot but what like what was hardest for you to like climb like what barrier yeah i mean i can kind of give kind of two points on that in the same sense but like at least for me it was seeing and believing is the way i can say that but it's like on one hand it's seeing it while you're in college so like there's a lot of guys so like i said i went to illinois state who has a very prominent uh, professional sales and sales program, whole nine yards there. And so a lot of guys that I went, I was in a business fraternity and a social fraternity. And so seeing a lot of guys there that were a part of the professional sales at Illinois state and seeing them get, you know, 105, a hundreds uh, on the sales program that you can get there, which is insane. But those folks graduating and going to work for these major companies and, and, not going into there with the idea of I'm the greatest salesman to ever touch the face of this company. It's, Hey, I might be good at what I do for selling a random product at Illinois state, but it's going into that company with the idea of, Hey, I know I'm good. I'm confident in myself. I'm a little bit cocky. I'm confident myself nonetheless, but you know what? I still have a shit ton to learn. Excuse me. I don't know if I can test in this, but no, go ahead, man. yeah, you're good. Okay. But I've, I've got a ton to learn. Um, and you know what? The biggest thing a person can be, to your point, is being personable. But not just personable to who you're selling to. It's You have to be personable to those you're working around first. Because even in those, in those, pre, in those morning team meetings, when you're going over a, a sales script or a hypothetical situation, like you have to be personal to those around you so you can learn something. Because Lord knows, no matter what company you go into, whether it's a startup, or it's AT&T, or it's Ford Motor Company. You're going in there, and you're learning at least one thing a day from those folks around you. And that's the biggest thing I can tell anyone, with, no matter what your industry or job is, whether it's sales, IT, I don't care what it is, engineering. Like, you go into any position, whether it's out of college, whether you did it or did not go to college, it doesn't really matter. You can be a welder at a high school. It really doesn't matter, because the fact of the matter is, is that Everyone is young, no matter what it is, your age or your intelligence level or your knowledge of whatever industry you're going into. The matter of the fact is you have to humble yourself every single day and be able to learn from those folks around you to be able to grow your own knowledge 
whether you want to start your own brand or you want to climb the ladder of the brand you're already in, you have to learn from those around you in order to be, you know, evolve yourself in a sense. And that's, that's the toughest thing that I see a lot of folks around me forced to learn is that, Hey, you're, you're not hot shit. You're, you're not the great, you're not God's gift to sales. You need to humble yourself and learn from those above you, around you and below you. Like, like I said, I learned, I was, I was at a car dealership and there's some sales folks that, you know, they have to learn how to sell an oil change from the oil tech who is getting paid minimum wage. Whereas these folks are getting paid a percentage of the car sale. And so they actually have to learn from those below them in order to be able to sell what they're supposed to sell. And so it's a matter of being able to humble yourself to no matter what depths in order to find the range to find your evolution in whatever job you're in. Wow. <clears throat> you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. I, um, I definitely came into like my job. I would, I want to say like a year and a half ago, like just completely like fresh to the freight industry. And I'm not completely like sales induced. Like we don't get like commission. It's kind of like a profit sharing system, like bonuses. Yeah and um like performance based which is pretty cool so not everyone's like at each other's necks like no i want this commission on this truckload or whatnot which is it's actually great because it's um it's a collective effort uh but i went in exactly like how you mentioned like you know just coming in very humble i knew nothing about the freight industry and i had the biggest stigma towards sales because i imagine like the people in like the parachute pants trying to sell you something that's going to break and then i realized like wait sales like sales runs this country that's it's such a huge integral part of like how businesses how businesses you know run nowadays <clears throat> you know we're trying to convince someone that we've never met before to buy a product or service and we're trying to convince them that this product or uh, service will essentially perform um but what you mentioned before hey you know like you come in you have to be extremely humble and say that you know i know I want to come in making it look like I know very little, but I'm willing to learn because the people that you're surrounding yourself with in that company more, most likely have a lot of tenure. Like my company, I'm surrounded by people who have between five years and about, I want to say 35 years of experience in that same industry or that company. So I'm always like listening. I'm always taking notes and I'm assuming like you do the same exact thing. And there's a reason why, you know, they, they pick and choose people like, you know, you, because they see potential in you. It's like, Hey, this guy braided, he closes his mouth and he opens up both ears whenever I start talking and he's just taking notes. And it's like, this guy has a lot of potential. He doesn't just look at me go like, I don't know how old you are. Are you a Gen Z? Oh, me? Oh, I, yeah. I'll be totally honest with you. I don't pay attention to the millennial stuff. Yeah. I, I think or Gen Z. I have, I'm 24, so I have zero idea. We both graduated. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 25, so yeah, we're all we're all Gen Zs. But I saw an article about a week ago, and it was talking about how Gen Z is the hardest generation to work with. You know, it's like a huge. They said something like 20 to 25 percent, if I'm not mistaken, of Gen Zs usually get fired within the first week. They want to get promoted in like you know however many months as in opposed to like if it takes years and they're like extremely like you know defiant like don't tell me what to do i i know everything and i feel like you know it's it's kind of up to us to help try to like change that stigma of like gen z's like oh wow there's actually a few gen z's out there who are actually like they're humble they're willing to learn they work extremely well with their with their peers or their superiors and it obviously to me it just shows like it sounds like you're doing exactly that. 
hundred percent. And I gotta, I gotta say at this point too, just you said a point a couple a minute or so ago, but literally the the words I was raised on by my father was two eyes, two ears, one mouth. And so exactly to your point, that's that's what I was raised on. That's what I believe in. And that's what I try to give every kid that came under me in my own chapter was uh, that exact sentiment. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just just what it is. No, you've been uh, extremely quiet. You know, I just. You're just, you're just sitting back there just I like, like hey, what no, I know I know I'm just I'm just messing with you I'm pulling your leg man see Noah and I we go back a little ways and this is funny because I consider Noah and I don't mean to throw any shade out there but like I consider Noah like more of a brother like in terms of fraternity wise than some people I actually like were in my own chapter I get that yep yeah honestly so you contact kept a good relationship you know totally post call i mean we didn't even go to school together really kind of roommates for a summer and you know it's kind of kept that relationship going for sure oh yeah we 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 shared a room um like the office space remember that headquarters and obviously this guy he took the desk that faced the doorway so he's like no one will ever know what i'm doing on my computer and obviously i get the side of the room so every time you know supervisor walks in it's like joe like why are you watching like you know cartoons or something like that and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about hey our projects are done what do you want us to do (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna lie that was that was probably like one of the most fun like experiences i've ever had that was a good summer for sure yeah um so you obviously enjoy sales that's that's really good to hear and uh seems like you're still you said you started in january correct yeah, I did. I started with my company in January. Um, okay. Um, no, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna press you into the question of like, hey, like, do you plan on being here long term or short term? Because you know, that's that's none of my business. But um, going off of like the sales aspect, um, and I I want to ask you for like actually like advice since I work in like a sales environment. We don't have scripts. It's basically like. People will call in and be like, hey, like I'm looking for this truckload going from like California to New Jersey or California to Washington, whatever. You know, it's like, yeah. And we pull it up on our board. It's right here. We give them all the details. We vet them. Um, and then you know, we negotiate and like if we want to sell it to them, we sell it to them. If we don't, we don't. Um, and sales is obviously different in like every business in terms of like how it's approached or how it's delivered. Um do you have like a specific script or is it just kind of like in your position? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. So it doesn't sound confusing, but like, do you have a specific script or is it just kind of like when you talk to new clients uh, it's just kind of like you just, you already know how to phrase it in a sense without having to look at a piece of paper. Yeah. So I'll answer your first question first. I do want to be there long-term. Um, but I mean, like I said, I'm put into the, I'm the first person to be put into the position I'm in with this company. Um, I'm the first generation of this. I mean, position, if you want to call it mostly existing business at this point now. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying within, at least within yeah. eyesight, yeah. I'm the first guy to have to hold this position. And so, yeah, I want to be able to be there for a long time. They, they eventually want to set me up my own team to work with social media, market branding, whole nine yards. And so that's, that's the long-term goal. So to your original question, I know you said you didn't want to ask it, but I'll answer it anyway um i yeah i love this i love the guys i'm working with i love the team i'm with right now i want to be there for a while um but to your the second part of your question yeah um so i the company i was previously with was called abstract marketing group and so they had a script for what they sell 
which is the whole whole bunch of different types of marketing, which I'm not going to say one or the other why I left them, but on the, nonetheless, they had a script. And it's not that I disagree with having a script on how you present a presentation, but it's one of those, like I said, I grew up in a, in a dis- industry and district of uh, B2C, which is a lot of, you get a customer in front of you, you ask a lot of questions, you have a conversation, you figure out what their needs are, you figure out what their wants are. And it's less of a sale or sell in that sense. And it's more of a, okay, hey, what do I have or what can I get you that fits the needs and your wants? That's that's what I grew up on. That's what I was taught in school. Like that's what makes sense to me. And so even now being in my career of being in more of a B2B sales or marketing role has ultimately been more of a, okay, hey, let's have a conversation. That's what I like in a sense, kind of to your question of, I like the idea of being able to be in a conversation and say, okay, what do you, what do you need? What do you want? What are you looking for? Awesome. What can I provide you with that suits those needs, suits those wants, suits what your bosses want, suits what you long run and short run need. So that way you make money, I make money and ever in the cycle of currency keeps going around. That's really interesting. I like that. See, like, I like hearing about these things because, you know, like, I guess like in my own little world, like I'm so used to seeing like a specific sales, you know, either if it's like a tactic or a process and then like hearing this from you, it's giving me a lot of great insight on that. Like, it's not directly right away, just selling something to someone like you're asking questions and you're trying to figure out like, Hey, what do you need before you realize you need it? In a sense, it's kind of like, Hey, like you don't give a fish, you know, like you don't give a fish like what it wants. You give it like what it's, what it needs. It's like, you wouldn't give a fish cake. You give it a worm because obviously it needs the worm. Exactly. Yeah. That's real interesting. Um, Another thing too, that I've been like pretty curious about with not just like myself, but like a lot of other people. Have you ever been approached by, you don't have to answer this, but I'm just curious. Have you ever been approached by like recruiters? who have said like, Hey, like we see your experience in this industry. We'd love for you to like, you know, interview our company or whatnot. I, so I have, but not a ton, but actually your boy here has been approached by a lot more. So he can speak on that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I do, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, I guess me and Joe have talked to a ton about this, but if you're listening to this, I work for a healthcare company, it's called Maxim. Um, I'm a healthcare recruiter. So I manage uh, private duty nursing home care cases, then I recruit nurses for them. So um, kind of, you know, keeping our, our accounts, if you will, or cases, you know, active, making sure everybody's taken care of. I do all the scheduling, all that. And then um, I recruit new nurses for them. Um, so with that, I'm doing job posts or like I'm at a career fair, whatever. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, um, just being in that HR field. So um, yeah. With being active on there, a lot of people take notice, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I'll get messages almost weekly from different recruiters for different nurse recruiting roles, like go hybrid, do all this, you know. So it's always something different. Um, I very rarely reply to them. Um, if at all, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. So not really even really passively seeking at this point. So um but yeah, I definitely get hit up by head by uh you know headhunters, if you will, uh, pretty frequently. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because 
like especially like when I graduated, um, it was like March May of 2020, like right when COVID was like full blown. So obviously a lot of companies, they weren't hiring. Um, I was actually planning on moving out of state during that time to like Arizona or Texas. And ironically enough, a lot of those positions are like either they offered me or they wanted me to interview for were like either sales or like marketing. And I was like, hey, like I'm going to take the plunge. So <clears throat> obviously that was like thrown off the list when COVID happened. Um, but going forward, you know, like you go to school for four years, you know, you have a really hard time essentially maybe finding a job out of college unless you have a strong like maybe network or you have a friend say like, hey, like maybe I can refer you, which I've seen really comes into play nowadays. Um, and I realized like after only a year at like my current company, um, I obviously plan on staying at my company a long time, uh, but a lot of like headhunters and recruiters just started like reaching out. It's like, hey, like we saw your experience, blah, 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 like national freight broker, this and that, like we, we'd love to interview. And I'm like, this is weird because I've never had that opportunity before where people come to me first. It's usually like I'm sending out like 400, you know, resumes and not hearing back from like maybe, you know, majority of them. So it, it's good to know that like, it's not just me, it's like other people that are trying to get recruited because it shows that, you know, both of you are essentially like, you know, having, uh, you're building on your, um, what's it called, your resourcefulness, you know, and your value and people want that. And it feels good sometimes to tell them like, hey, unfortunately, like I plan on staying with my current company and like, you know, your offer is just a little bit too low. And then some of them might say like, I've, I've been told like, oh, how much were you looking for? And I said, well, your offer is like X amount too low. And they're like, whoa. um okay, sorry about that. I'm like, no, you're good. But, you know, I, I try not to blow them off completely. I try to be respectful about like, if I find someone who fits this role, can I shoot them your way? And they're like, oh, absolutely. Because most of the people I feel like they reach out to completely either never respond back, they blow them off or they're just like, eh, it's not really worth my time. So I feel like it can go both ways, especially in this, you know, in our industries, like word can get around fairly quick, especially if it's, you know, written down. So it's like trying to be a little bit like respectful, you know, like not trying to say anything negative out there that can come back to you in a sense. Totally. And kind of, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, as a fellow recruiter, like I know what it's like to just coldly like reach out to somebody about a job you may or may not want. I'm just trying to get as many feelers, get my opportunity in front of as many eyes as possible. So I can definitely relate to that in a sense. Um, so yeah, I, try to be as respectful as possible and uh, maybe be a resource for anybody who might be reaching out to me. But yeah, some people, they do, they do get left unread. Unfortunately, I can't reply to them all. Yeah. And kind of, kind of on the opposite end of that, like between November and January, I was technically unemployed. I left my last company. Um, and then I was, like I said, I was unemployed for the couple months just because I was trying to find something new. And I reached out to a lot of different companies on LinkedIn, different job application sites. And the rest of the rest. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, no, no bad conversations. I mean, I interviewed with a couple of different companies, good conversations, bad conversations, but nonetheless, it's like, I never wanted to, if someone offered me a job, like I interviewed with a couple of non-for-profits because I thought I wanted to go on that route, interviewed a couple of sales jobs, thought I wanted to go that route. Um, but never wanted to, you know, kill an opportunity, like you mentioned, purely because I had a hate for, say I, say I join a startup like I did, and it goes south. You just never, you never know what's going to happen when the economy hits a wrong turn or whatever like that. So you'd hate to tell someone to screw off, and then all of a sudden you need to call them to say, hey, 
hey, is that job still open by chance? <laughs> like, you'd hate to have that situation happen. And so, nonetheless, and even still, if I'm if I'm with this company for 10, 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden, one of the companies I interviewed with, and they call me back and say, hey, we've got a job that's going to pay three times what you're making right now. Would you be interested? At that point, maybe I'm, whatever, 10, 15 years away from retirement. And I say, okay, can I work for 15 years and I make X amount of dollars and then I'm set up for the rest of my life. Like maybe that's the situation. Not that you ever want to leave the job you're at, but kind of, kind of what we've been talking about too is like business is fun. Business is life. It's what our careers are. But at the end of the day, we do got to focus on our personal and familial lives first in that sense. So kind of to your exact point, you never want to tell someone to screw off when you're looking at jobs or interviewing different places because you never want something to bite you in the ass at the end of the day. It's a small yeah. world, dude. Yeah, I, I found that out fairly quick, especially after college. Like you applied to so many companies and it's like, you know, especially in the same industry, I was like, I, I hopped around from like, one internship after college <clears throat> to like the mortgage industry. That was the hot thing during COVID. Everyone was refinancing and it was great. And then it was on contract after about five months. They said, Hey, like they were cutting your contract. And then it turns out they were downsizing. They were consolidating the workforce and basically like cross training people. And it was, uh, I was like, you know, I think that was actually a blessing because I went like a certain amount of months where I actually didn't have a job and it was embarrassing. And at the time you're like out of college and you think like, am I worthless? You start doubting yourself just a little bit. Maybe that's just me, but not other people. And then I found the freight job and I was like pretty ecstatic because I was like, someone actually gave me a shot or an opportunity. And then in between then I was dealing with like the high anxiety of like trying to trade stocks. And I was like, this isn't for me like long-term. Um, but I mean, it sounds like both of you guys are doing fairly well. And honestly, I wish like nothing... I wish like nothing more for you, like, especially for you guys, especially for brothers, you know, like of the same fraternity. I love seeing all the brothers eat. That's the other thing too. I feel like a lot of people, especially in sales roles, um, there can be, I guess, a uh, famine mentality sometimes where people feel like, oh, I see them eating, but there's not going to be enough left for me or like people will get jealous or there's some sort of animosity there, but um, I'm definitely more of the mind, like there's enough out there for all of us. Like, you know, just because like we can all eat together, we can all be successful, you know, just because, you know, this person has some X amount of sales or X amount of hires or whatever, doesn't mean that you can't have the same amount or greater, you know, whatever, everybody can do well. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. There's enough food out there for everybody. Yeah. I've, I've definitely caught like, uh, what do you call it? bad rap from like other employees when like especially like when our monthly numbers came out and it was like if I was on top for like five or six months straight it would just kind of like demoralize my team and it was like kind of like on an emotional aspect I was like well why would I want to lower my numbers like in just like make them feel better but it's like hey like they should be pretty supportive of like what I'm doing because you're contributing to the company you're not like trying to beat everyone you're just trying to do your best and then, um, and I remember like my broker, he told me, he's like, Hey, like it's all noise. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, everyone's just like under a lot of pressure. It's all good. And I was like, okay, cool, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, we, we recognize like, you know, good work. You will get those who are resentful because you perform better than they did. And because the numbers are like, you know, made uh, essentially not public, but like it's, it's basically they're open for anyone, you know, in the office to see, um, you could see how some people could be like negative when they see like their themselves ranked 
when when a ranking structure gets implemented usually a lot of people start to get like a little cutthroat which is um you know it's it's an interesting outcome in the process oh definitely yeah uh real quick just a little fyi um yeah. i'm 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 poor so i have uh, the free version of zoom and sure. it looks like they say I'm, i only have like 4 minutes and 15 seconds left so uh we could snip it and open another one if you want to uh, if you got what you need at the end of this four minutes i mean that's fine too totally oh yeah we're, we're 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 chilling man like honestly i hate to take up more of you guys' time but um where's Braden? you see cooking Braden, yeah no, i'm back i'm back i'm back there he is all right salesman of the month right here <laughs> hey i have uh we don't have too much time left on the zoom call but I want to I want to give you guys a huge thank you for uh, taking the time to hop on here. I really appreciate it and like basically, you know, like the advice you guys give and uh, you know the what I call the uh, knowledge and wealth, you know, for the next generation. And I know we're all still fairly young. I think Noah, are you the youngest? Oh, uh, we're the same age, so we're both uh, twenty four. And then, okay. yeah, I guess you are older there, Joe. So yeah, twenty five, turning twenty six. Yeah, I'm I'm the old man in the group, but yeah, but I really appreciate you guys hopping on the on the on the podcast it really means a lot and um you guys i could tell you guys sharing a lot of wealth and knowledge which i love to see and can't really ask for more than that but uh do you guys have any like any last words that you'd like to share with anyone watching this you first i really have much else i mean uh i didn't speak too much on here i've, I've made a prior appearance uh with tehran um, I don't even know if that's still public on your end anymore. It seemed like you kind of did some cleaning oh, house. On I had to, I had to consolidate and like it couldn't like something happened and I couldn't transfer over the videos. It was oh, dude, it was no big worries. depression, but yeah. Oh no worries. Uh, I guess in closing, I'm happy to hop on anytime. You need a guest or anything? I mean, I'm happy to free up some time on a weekend, you know, or uh, evening on a weekday, whatever, um, to hop on here and talk with you, Joe. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you. And Braden, it was an absolute pleasure having you on as well. I know we just met, but you seem like a very good guy and, you know, being former Kappa Sigma and uh, it seems like you're on a very good path as well. And you're great. To, it's great to know that you're acquainted with Noah. So you guys have each other in your corner. Sure. I mean, we've had each other back for a long, long time now. Um, to your point, like, hey, same, same as he said, same goes for me, man. You need a guy back on. I'm more than happy to hop on. I mean, the biggest thing that if anyone's following, if anyone's watching, biggest thing I can say is counter to that point like whether it's whether you're 6 8 16 18 25 you're 50 biggest thing you can do is hey I don't care if you're making millions or you're making nothing every day you got to humble yourself and learn something from somebody beside you student mentality yeah. no matter what you're doing like I mean, it'll take you so far yeah the two of us the beauty is to like whether we're 24 or we were whatever age we're living together. We work in two different industries. We're able to come home and kind of, like you said, student mentality. Like he is an, he's an entirely different industry than me. I am as well. And so we're able to kind of learn from each other in kind of two different jobs as well, but they kind of overlap in certain areas. So being able to learn from each other, speaking to folks such as yourself and those around us and whatever else and learning as much as we can every single day and be able to take that and Find that value. Yeah, exactly. Find the value, whatever you're saying. Bingo. Absolutely. Awesome. 100%. That's well said, honestly. Well, hey, thank you both for hopping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think uh, I I think I had very, two very special people who might be coming on in the near future again. So thank you guys again. Awesome. I appreciate your time. And uh, 
talk to you guys next time. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Absolutely Joe. Thanks, man. A to B. Appreciate you having us. A to A B. B.